to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chung. On this episode, I sit down with Justin Favela, a Las Vegas-based artist who also co-hosts the Latinos Who Lunch podcast. Justin and I first met in Miami at a residency, where we bonded over pupusas and pinatas in the movie Get Out. I caught up with Justin while he attended another residency in Maine. I thought that this would be a great first episode to start out with, since Justin and I discuss some of the themes and ideas that frame my original intent to start a podcast. I hope you enjoy this. Amazing, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Always patting yourself the on the back. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I didn't really think too much about podcasting, and then when I met Justin, I saw he had this podcast, LWL, Teenagers at Lunch, and I realized it seemed to be a very interesting platform to have discussions, I think, in a long-form manner. And so that's sort of, I guess, the genesis for it, and I thought mm. a lot about podcasting, uh, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, I guess, this past year since I first met Justin. And so that's sort of what I guess was going in my mind when I started this particular podcast. Mm. Yeah. So what is your podcast going to, what void is it going to fill in the podcast world? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think one of the things I've been thinking a lot about, um, I guess, is talking about art from a non-white framework, non-white mm. perspective. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed, I mean, most most artists of color would notice this as well, that the arts in general, the umbrella for the arts of dancing, filmmaking, choreography, theater, um, opera, fine arts, they all, they largely exist in a white framework. And I've noticed when I go to these residencies and I meet amazing artists of color like Justin, that the dialogue shifts. It just inevitably shifts and talks about different things. And mm-hmm. so I, th- I see this podcast as a way to reframe the interviews and the questions and the dialogue in a way that it will inherently be different, right? Mm-hmm. I th- that's sort of the driving force behind creating this particular podcast. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's important because, I mean... I mean, I love that you're a person of color doing a podcast and just going for it because a lot of times I think for people of color to like have something, it has to be excellent no matter what, you know? Well, we'll see about that. And I mean, with Latinos Who Lunch, for example, my goal was never for it to be like an NPR podcast or whatever. It was mm-hmm. just like, I want to take up space on the internet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many mediocre white people making podcasts, making money yeah. off of podcasts. Yeah. Um, and they're not, there's, they're like podcasts about nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. why, so that's what I always think about is like, well, we, we should be allowed that same privilege. Yeah. Um, and now when we started doing Latinos who lunch, there was maybe 10, Latino podcasts or Latinx podcasts. Right, right. And now there's there's over a hundred that yeah. that I know of. Right, right. So I love that. Do you want to just quickly explain um the Latinx term and 
how it's important? Yeah. So Latin X, the term is, uh, it's a newer term and it's, uh, you know, it's been popularized thanks to the internet actually. And usually terms, uh, that are like identifiers are usually, um, they're usually brought up by academia, Mm -hmm. you know, and made popular by academia. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the first terms that like social media and like social influencers, social justice warriors, as they're called, Mm -hmm. have really uh, taken ownership of and, and, and just started using to the point where like academics reject the term Latinx. Oh, really? Yeah. So Latinx is like saying Latino, Latina, Mm But the X is gender neutral, right? So because there is no, um, there is no gender neutral term in Spanish, right? Um, putting the X behind words that are gendered is a way to do that. Um, so I like the term, um, but I also don't deny the term Latino or Latina. Mm. Um, I I embrace all of all of those terms or right. those, those identifiers. Mm-hmm. So. Um, because I do see the problem within the terms like Latino and Latinx Mm -hmm. because they're very, uh, like U S American centric. Right. I was about to ask if if people in Spain or Mexico care about that. I mean, I'm sure some of them use it. Yeah. Um, when I was in Spain recently, I did notice that a lot of the more gender queer community use the X, Mm. but I think they're using it because... Uh, it's like a, I mean, from my understanding, it's like a very American thing. So it's mm-hmm. like these kids that are like into maybe like drag culture or just like American queer culture because pop culture is like our main export, right? Right, right, right. They're using the term to be cool. Yeah. Not yeah. really. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's not really like, like, like widely used. So. Um, and that's, those are not facts. I'm just making that shit up right now. But, uh. Yeah, so Latinx is just a more inclusive umbrella term Mm -hmm. instead of saying Latino or Latina. Back in the 80s, uh, I know that the term Latin ow was used, like Mm -hmm. Latin A-O, like together, so that was gender neutral. And I also, there's a movement now, people using the E instead. So instead of saying Latino, Latina, they're saying Latine. Latine. Because that is more, uh, it's just like less violent, I think, than saying Latinx. <laughs> well, and it flows with the language yeah. better, right? Because it ends in a vowel. Because it ends in a right? vowel. Because I read how the, some of the criticism is like Latin X, it exists wholly as an English word because once you put the X there, yeah. it becomes and, this weird word. Yeah. And I like the term Latin X because of the X, just because of that symbol. Mm-hmm. It makes it political yeah. when you say it. Right, right. Um, and that I think that's what people are uncomfortable with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's complicated, but, but, uh, we're Latinos who lunch just because when we first we started a podcast a little bit over two years ago and that term Latinx was fairly new where we had a, I remember we did a crossover episode with Tamarindo podcast, which Mm -hmm. is another Latinx podcast. Right. And they, and it was just a discussion of us, like just dissecting the term and like saying if we liked it or not. And Mm. I remember saying like. I don't know. It kind of sounds like Windex. So like, I don't know. It's going to take some getting used to. And now like, you know, a year later or whatever, I'm fine with it. Right. But it's like, it's the evolution of language, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, it happens. Right. You know, if Beyonce can, can get bootylicious into the dictionary, Mm -hmm. Latinx 
surely yeah, yeah. will be in the Webster's Dictionary. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I've been noticing a lot with uh, a lot of essays written on the internet more. Yeah. But um, why do you think the academics uh, reject it? Um, because it wasn't their idea. Mm. And, la- and, and I mean, and academia is like so old school. Mm-hmm. And it's so, I mean, you, you've, I mean, you've been through grad school you've been to right, you know right. you, like there's these prof- there's just th- these people these gatekeepers mm-hmm. that love the po- lo- you know they're they're the ones that have the power and they love right, having it right right so it's hard for them to let go of things and like evolve as fast as the internet is is uh changing is changing yeah. the world yeah yeah so um and that's okay too because it needs things need to be defined i think and things need to be like critically analyzed. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Um, I like that people are hesitant to use the term Latinx because mm-hmm. then it makes us think about identity right. more seriously. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah. And I guess I'm curious um, in terms of identity, how do you approach it within your own artwork? Well, because I, I mean, my work is, I make work about being Latino, Latinx, Latin owl, mm-hmm. uh, Hispanic, Latina, yeah. uh, Southwestern, queer, Las Vegan, brown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, living, you know, it's like there's so many different things that I've been called. Um, so it's interesting. So when I first started making artwork about my identity, um, I rejected a lot of those terms because I'm like, I'm not Chicano, for example. I'm right. curated into a lot of Chicano art shows, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm simply not. I'm like right. I'm first generation American, yeah. and the definition of a Chicano, for example, or a Chicanx person. Now, is, oh, that's another people word. People use that too. Mm. Yes, um, is uh, you know second or third generation Mexican American. Mm. And I'm like half Guatemalan, half Mexican. So and, you, and you're first generation, right? And I'm yeah, right? I'm first generation. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I always felt like I was being a fraud by being in these Chicano shows. Yeah. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna embrace it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm. It's not like I am saying that I'm Chicano. It's it's these people identifying me as Chicano and them just not doing their research. And that's not my fault. <laughs> and I'm trying to get paid. So like, as long as the check clears, I'm yeah. Chicano. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is there a lot of pushback against that? No. And it's, I think it's because every show that I've been in has been fun and it's been like a group show and like, I'm, I'm paying, you know, tribute or I'm like, I'm honoring, the history, the Chicanx history, mm-hmm. um, in uh, in the work, or like I've been in a lot of shows about lowriders, for example, right. making big life size pinatas of right. lowriders, or um, different, uh, you know, just like honoring different like Mexican American Chicano traditions. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I I was just worried about because. There's a lot of the same thing. There's a lot of these old school Chicano artists that have been around since the 70s and 80s yeah. that are very close-minded too. And mm-hmm. like I didn't know if they would accept like my work. Your low writers and your piñatas. Yeah, because I don't know. There's always this, uh, you know, there's all, I don't know. There's always this doubt within me like uh, if, you know, 
like this is my art legitimate and does it fit into these categories you know right what I mean? right right it's just hard for a lot of curators i think to it's a lot it's hard <laughs> i don't know it's just like being Chicano right now in the United States is hot. So there's like, okay, let's do a show about borders. Yeah. Let's do a show about double identities. Let's yeah. do a show about trauma. Like, so they're like, oh, pinata dude, come, <laughs> you know, be part of this show. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's to be honest, like really lazy curation. But shit, you know, like this is great exposure for me. Yeah. Um. So why not be part of it? But then also like when I'm invited to speak bring these things up right right so anytime that i'm in these shows and i'm they make the mistake of putting me on a panel <laughs> i will i do say that i'm i'm very honest about it like i'm talking to you about it so i don't even remember what the original question you asked me was but i'm just like going off That's on a fine. tangent yeah yeah but uh all that to say is that um instead of rejecting the different uh, identities now i embrace them all right. even if i'm even if i'm mislabeled because yeah. then it gives me the opportunity to talk about it, mm. um, like uh, a, a, a word or an identity that I have rejected over the last maybe like three years mm -hmm. is the word Hispanic and the, mm -hmm. the identifier Hispanic. Um, but now I've just met so many people that identify as Hispanic and I respect them so much. Like we just interviewed Cynthia Lee Fontaine mm -hmm. from RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. Um, she's a Puerto Rican drag queen. And she, she and she's a proud Hispanic. Yeah. And I love her. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not going to be like, bitch, like you're not like use Latino. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. likes being, she likes, she identifies as Hispanic and right. she's proud of it. And right, like, right. Okay. I think that's a problematic word because, you know. I know I know a little bit of the history about it, and what is know, that history? I'm, I mean, it's just a way. It's another way to clump us together, and it was made up by the Nixon administration and mm. put on the census, you know. So I don't know, but then also the word Latino is problematic. Yeah, yeah. so it's like it doesn't matter. The whole you know? thing, yeah, everything. And, yeah. you know, it's funny because right, because our brain can't help but categorize people, right? But the act of categorizing ends up inevitably causing divisions that might not be there or should not be there or are sort of even sometimes made up. Yeah. Right. Or reductive. Yeah. And I think I didn't, to be honest, I think I didn't like the term Hispanic because it's like a person of Spanish descent or a person that speaks mm -hmm. Spanish. Right. Right. And that's like, that was a way of me to like decolonize my identity right right and decolonizing that's like a whole nother fucking thing right now that's like a big deal like oh my god shut up yeah. mm -hmm. but like decolonize your diet decolonize your <laughs> wardrobe decolonize like okay girl whatever but um i think that i just went to spain and people were nice to me uh -huh. and i'm like okay these spanish people aren't so bad <laughs> like that was a long time ago like yes it's still it's still fucked up the history is still fucked up the people that I met in Spain recently yeah, were yeah. not, are not part of that. Right. Or maybe they are part of it because, you know, it's like it's, it's a legacy. But um, we're all growing all over right. the world at right. the same time. Right. You know what I mean? No, yeah. So. I mean, acknowledging that history, right? But acknowledging that history. Right. So, um, you know, and a lot of, and a lot of those people and a lot, and some people in Spain and identify as Latino for some reason or really like Latin, you know mm. what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. It's very complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah. But 
in a way that's like xenophobia, you know, it's like, I hate the Spanish. I don't know anything about them. I don't care about them, but yeah, I just yeah. hate them because I'm supposed to, you know. Yeah. I'm especially, this, well, especially yeah. in the current state of U.S. Yeah. politics, right? Exactly. Everything gets clumped together. Yeah, totally. Totally. But, yeah. you know, I mean, and I think that, that this, you know, discussions like these are important because there's so much nuance to it. Yeah. You know, I think I, one thing that I've noticed is, you know, especially when I was thinking about, you know, being, um, having gone to grad school and taught for a year, a lot of these discussions get reduced to the point of sometimes absurdity, you know, and there isn't a lot of nuance I've noticed or like, at least, at least from my, my viewpoint and I'm sure yours as well, there's so much nuance to it that mm-hmm. sometimes like I just have to throw my hands on being like, yeah, I can see how it's problematic, but, um, it's so nuanced that actually I don't know the answer to it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think of, I think of like the, I think one of the million dollar cultural appropriation questions that I hear a lot on, uh, yo, is this racist with Andrew T, which is like, mm-hmm. is Wu-Tang a pro- cultural appropriation, which it is. And then the follow up question is like, is that bad or good? Yeah. But you know, and yeah. like, no, and no one ever knows the answer to it. Well, you that's know? the fucked up thing is like everybody, there's like this hierarchy of cultural appropriation and it's like Asian culture is at the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the least offensive thing. It's so messed well, up. Well, is the model minority issue. Cause, or you're seen as the, uh, I think, I think, well, in this country anyways, Asians yeah. are always looked at as like people that are like in the service industry or like working, you know, like, yeah, like you said, model minority. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also they've been like, so, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, demasculated. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. desexualized. Desexualized, thank you. Especially the men, and then the women are the opposite, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. So that's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, But then you're like, okay, well, you guys were slaves longer than us, so I guess you could, like, appropriate our culture. Like, it's so (laughs) fucked up, you know? No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I see that all the time with, like, Indian culture Mm -hmm. and with, like, and with like Japanese Chinese culture, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like they just like we're gonna do this music video and we're all gonna be wearing kimonos, the, the kimonos or, or bindis or whatever. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like like it's a style. Yeah, it's so yeah. fucked up. But yeah, it hap- I mean you wouldn't do that with black culture. I mean yeah. they do, they do it. Yeah, but it's like, uh, it's so complicated. But th- yeah, but I think that's where I think the discussions end up being interesting instead of just yeah. labeling everything just problematic. Yeah, you know totally. what I mean. Um, I mean, Nicki Minaj just came out with that song Chun Li. Yeah, yeah. And it has nothing to do with the Street Fighter character. Mm-hmm. It's just a way to, of her. It was just like to visually use Asian yeah, culture yeah, yeah. In, her, in a very simplistic sort of way. Yeah. So you have like yeah. Beastie Boys also taking from hip hop culture. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar just his recent uh, show uh, tour appropriate a lot of Asian culture. You know, he got oh, a lot of yeah. flack for that. You know, and so like, you know, I think that, you know, then the question becomes like, why, how did Wu-Tang get away with it? Or maybe they didn't, or maybe it's a different time, but then how come Kendrick didn't, right? And then like, we can point to specific things maybe for why one thing worked or one didn't. But like, I think the distance between Wu-Tang and Kendrick appropriation is so small. But I mean, I think overall, I think the... You know, the positive thing, I guess, of having all these things is just um, just having different types of representation, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think you don't want, you don't really exactly want Asians being represented one way, mm-hmm. right? Like, can't you just have an Asian person, Chinese 
Japanese, you know, Filipina, um, being a normal human being. They don't have to be like a nerd. They don't have to be a karate person. Yeah. You know, and just having just, you know, variety. You're right. You yeah. don't, what do you mean? You don't do karate? Yeah. Yeah. What? I know. I hate to bring <laughs> it out. to you. I, I, I hate to bring it to you. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, I feel I, less safe now. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't use karate. I didn't use karate to get out of the sunken place. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The sunken place. I know. Oh my gosh. We're not going to talk about that. Are we? I hope not. <laughs> Oh shit. Yeah. Well, that's something that I noticed since doing Latinos who lunch is, is I've, I've been aware now of representation on television and in films yeah. and appropriation. Yeah. And like, so one thing, our first listener letters episode that we did, uh, I think somebody challenged us because Babalito, my co-host said that our co-host Latinos who lunch said that, um, you know, that Asians, uh, he made a statement basically saying that, you know, there's always a nerdy, like Asian guy and everything. So that, so he's talking about like the big bang theory, for example, okay, like yeah. there's no Latinos on that show, uh-huh. but there's an Asian guy. Yeah. And then we were totally schooled uh-huh. and then, and said, that's completely false. Like yeah, there's yeah. more Latinos on TV than Asians. And then, so now I definitely pay attention to that. Mm. And it's so true. Like, it's so. You mean you mean so there's more variety of representations of Latinos than Asians. Than Asians, mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it's and I and I'm I like that I'm seeing that now because yeah. before I wasn't paying attention to it because it didn't affect me. Right. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Um, but now that we have a socially conscious podcast, I guess yeah, you could yeah. say, uh-huh. and I say that like with air quotes around it because I'm like. I hate the word woke because I'm I'm like I'm asleep. Okay, like I'm 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 a zombie. I'm <laughs> sleepwalking, but um, you're dead for the D. <laughs> I'm dead for the D. But I just I I don't know. I I just uh, I'm tired, you know. But still, you you it's it's good to be aware of these things. No, yeah, because they matter. Yeah, you know, and um, it's like when you're like in the art world when you're on a panel and it's like. Uh, you know, it's like three white guys, a black guy and a lady. And they're like, look how diverse this panel is. No ladies, usually white. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, where's the Asians? Pe- where's the Asians? Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. We got the, que- we got the queer people. Great. There's a couple gay guys on the panel, but it's like, now I'm thinking past that, like trans representation, right? And, right. you know, like, right. and there's more than one kind of Asian, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like. There's a lot. There's, I mean, there's always like the token Japanese guy, which I think is really funny. Yeah, that's right. I always see that, like I the know. token Probably like good tie or something. I don't sure. know. And yeah. they always have a funny haircut, and they're like, "Okay, we got it covered. We yeah. got an Asian." Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. God, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, no. And then I guess the other thing that the other reason I wanted to start this podcast was because I think, like you said, the art institutions think of diversity as. Um, they're like they have the woman who's usually white, and then they'll have like a queer man who's tends to be white. Yeah, you know, and they might have like a black woman or man, but like because they're like, okay, we've got the queer and we've got the woman, we're set for diversity, but they still end up having like a white lens looking at the art. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like I just you know you just you know I'm applying to like different um, 
positions for teaching jobs, when I look at the faculty, and it's like, I see, okay, white woman, white woman, like, queer man, white man, and it's like, and then they're like, yeah, we're diverse, but, you know, you end up looking at the same thing, and mm-hmm. still from the white lens, and they're all, like, supposedly colorblind, um, yeah, and then, like, and then I think a lot about, like, just critiques, and um, one thing that, I guess, stood out for me was just, like, how a lot of times these supposedly woke people say things like looking at artwork which come from a non-white perspective and then trying to pigeonhole it from a white perspective yeah like why can't this be more like Ellsworth Kelly Mm. right and I and I and always see that as sort of that'd be like saying like why can't like Beyonce be more like Beethoven you know it's like it's like forcing something that should not necessarily be forced and it's, it's sort of erasing I guess the history of in Beyonce's case what Beyonce's trying to do of course, they're related just because they're both under the umbrella category of music. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe Beethoven had a ghostwriter, too. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, just shit. kidding. She writes all he her probably, songs. He probably did. Yeah, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like the old masters didn't have any... Well, what about in your art? You don't think that you're referencing the white canon with your work? Oh, I definitely am. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's hard, right? It's, it's hard. Something, something to think about. Yeah. Um, and be aware. But I guess I guess that's why discussions are so important and having yeah. a, a diverse um, range of thoughts and ideas, especially since you were talking about recently or just, just a moment ago about, like, you hate the term woke. You know, I think woke... Um, it's because I don't think you can be a safe, a self-proclaimed. Woke no, right. Person. No, exactly. Right. So exactly. to call yourself woke, it's like people. Oh my god, it's like people that are like, I'm so weird. I'm such a nerd. I'm to- like, yeah. Like you can't be a. You can't. Nerds don't know that they're nerds. They're yeah. just nerds. Yeah. They just exist. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a woke person can't say that. It's like a white person saying they're not racist. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That might be a better. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, I think once you categorize yourself as woke, you're giving yourself the permission to think that you've you figured out race. You know what I mean? Like, you are so woke that you can say you're woke and you don't have yeah. to think about the nuance. When I actually think, you know, being woke is sort of like running a marathon. You, you're just like, you or running in general. You're just maintaining, like, sanity. Yeah. You can't actually, most people can't get better at jogging. You're just yeah. like doing the motions to practice and practice and practice. And, and you have and to stop to rest and drink water. Yeah. So it's like you can't be woke all the time. No, you can't. You and you make off. mistakes. Yeah. Uh, you fall and you have to learn from that. But as soon as you're like woke, it's like I think it's a weird it's a weird thing to claim. Yeah. You know, it's like you're giving yourself a, a plus for understanding yeah. people. And for all the white people, I, re- I realized that I just said you can't be white and not be racist. It's like. It's because we live in a race, like a patriarchal, capitalist, white supremacist society. Yeah. So if you were born, like, any time in the last, I don't know, 300 years. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you're racist. Yeah. Like, I'm racist. Everyone, well, I mean, like. We all are. Our brains categorize. Yeah. You can't help. That's it. So you have to acknowledge it. So for you to be a white person, be like, I have three black friends and an Asian friend. Like, no, bitch, you're racist. You know, like, (laughs) that's it. And then, then, like the Bodega Boys say, God's working on all of us, right? Yeah. Like, we just got to keep growing. Keep growing, keep learning, keep talking. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I guess for you, 
for your own work, do you, when I look at your work, I'm interested because I feel like it speaks on so many different levels. When you show it to a white audience, when you show it to a non-white audience, and especially if you show it to like Chicano, Latinx, Hispanic audience, it changes drastically. Yeah. Um, Cause I feel like, yeah, no, it shifts, right? Cause sometimes I'm like, oh, it's like wink, wink. Like this is jokes on you depending who the person's looking at it. And sometimes it's not, sometimes it's just a uh, stereotype. Uh, and then, but then like if you, for some audiences, it has more than one layer. Yeah. I think that, I think I'm consciously now, okay. So when I first started making artwork with, in this like pinata aesthetic, which I see the pinata as a symbol of my identity, of my Latinidad. Yeah. Um, because it's like a very, it's a very Mexican or Latin American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that Americans have appropriated or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. just like it's it's just part of our culture now here in America that like non-Latino kids have pinatas at their party. It's mm-hmm. just like a thing. Right. So that's why I like that symbol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and when I first started making work, I maybe like two years into it, I realized like, oh, shit, like I'm making work for white people like mm-hmm. and from that from that perspective right and once i was conscious of that i it, there was a switch and i was making now i think i'm making more work for myself and mm-hmm. like from from the people that i love right that are like my family or my mm-hmm. close friends you mm-hmm. know what i mean so but then through that because i've been in so many shows with latinos latinx latino hispanic uh, Mexican American people. <laughs> there's so many. Um, just categorize everyone. Yeah, yeah. Just say all the categories. Yeah. Um, there's also this thing of like authenticity and like, are you brown enough? Are mm-hmm. you brown? Are you down? Right. You know. So it's like, do you have the right to do this sort of thing? Yeah. And uh, uh, and so it, that did worry me a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you just have. I had this like kind of imposter syndrome for a long time. Like. I don't really know if I belong in this space, you know? I don't really know. I think this institution doesn't really... I think, you know, I don't know how I got here, basically, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, which I know is total bullshit and just, like, insecurities, right? Yeah, but, we all have them. Sure. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but uh, now I I say, you know what? Like, I don't want to be... There's so many... I don't want to talk shit about certain artists, but there's... There's a lot of these artists now that are Chicano or Latino, mm-hmm. and and uh, they're making art that's like about their Aztec roots. They're tying it to their mm. Chicanx uh, forefathers and whatever. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, yeah. And that shit is interesting to me. And sometimes I make work about that. But I also want to make work about growing up in Vegas and going to Taco Bell. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because I think that experience is is important. And just because I like Taco Bell doesn't mean I'm less Mexican than you. Right. And you it's know? part of your experience. And it's part up. of my experience. So I love that. I love celebrating that. And I love like um, just challenging people. And so not only with the subject matter, but also with like the materials that I use. So mm. like right now I'm obsessed with making work with, with that can be confused with like decoration. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know. I love, I, uh, again, this thing about categories, 
like people see my work and they're like, oh, great. This is like craft. Like how yeah. crafty. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. You know, so this distinction between like what is craft, what is fine art, mm-hmm. what is folk art. Like it's right. too late. Like I, it's not folk art because I went to I school. Hate, I hate that term. Folk yeah, arts. but what the fuck is folk art? Like what? So it's like if you didn't go to some sort of academic school. Yeah. You know, so you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not legitimate. Yeah. Um, so, um, it, yeah, there's so different, there's so many different, uh, uh, categories or, or boxes that, that I like to check off and also like just be on that line and teetering back and forth and kind of fucking with people. Mm-hmm. I do like that. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, um, and then, and now I think I'm embracing my queerness a lot more in my work really? before, before it was it was unconscious or that was, was like subconsciously making work about that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a little bit more overt. Um, how how did, how did that manifest? Um, I just think it's I think it's just because I'm I just feel more comfortable with mm-hmm. myself. I think mm-hmm. finally I'm 31 and it's like this past year I finally like you know what like it's like I'm it's fine. Time. I'm fine with myself. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought I would be there. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I always thought I would have to hide. Right. And so um, I'm not 100% myself. You know, I don't think anybody really is, to be honest. But I'm the You want to stay away from those people who yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, for real. They're, anyway, yeah. <laughs> I know people are so obsessed with like vulnerability and authenticity uh-huh. and I'm like that's so fucking boring I know like fake people are so great they're so <laughs> funny you know like they're so interesting yeah yeah you know because yeah. then once you peel back the layers yeah I think it's so nice like once you get to know somebody and you get to know who they really are it's something special between you and that person you know mm-hmm. um, because we do have to you know you, we have to be aware of like boundaries and like mental health like you can't you can't be 100% yourself mm-hmm. like no. it would be like the purge everybody would just be killing themselves <laughs> and fucking like every day you know yeah like, I know right like it would be very violent <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we might need that in this country right oh shit oh my god but I don't even know what I'm talking about now but um you're very easy to talk to Z1. oh thank you yes <laughs> yeah do you think you got more comfortable with yourself because of Latinos Who Lunch? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So the podcast, Latinos Who Lunch, every Thursday at latinoswholunch.com, iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, <laughs> um, it, it, it's allowed me to just say things out loud. Mm. And it's so important. That's one thing that I always tell people is like, just say, say, just say shit. And, yeah. And hear yourself saying And it. try it out. Because sometimes I'll say something and I'll immediately regret. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I actually don't believe that. Yeah, I messed, I, I messed up. And yeah. I can't believe I've been thinking that. Uh-huh. That thought has been floating around in my head for years. Yeah. Sometimes decades. Mm-hmm. And I say it out loud and I hear how stupid it sounds. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I actually don't believe in that. And I can't believe this whole time that was something that was shaping my identity or, or, or you know, just like uh, uh, dictating my actions or whatever, you know? Yeah. So that Latinos Who Lunch has definitely changed that. And it's made me more confident in myself. Yeah, and, yeah. And like, because Babalito uh, on the show, Dr. Babalito, PhD, like I used to, when I, when we first started doing the podcast, like everything that 
he used to say to me was like law because I thought like he's so smart uh, and now when he says shit I'm like bitch shut up <laughs> like no way and, and in the most respectful way because yeah, I love yeah, him yeah, he's, yeah. Fa- he's like family to me you uh-huh. know what I mean but mm-hmm. um, but I'm like this is what this show is about like right. this is about he challenges me every day and I'm like I should a good friend needs to challenge their friend yeah and yeah. be like bitch you can't be talking about woke drinking mm-hmm. Starbucks <laughs> like fuck you get out of here <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, your $5 extra grande latte. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, mocha, two-pump mocha, yeah. Uh. So <laughs> <laughs> he drinks a triple, triple two-pump, triple two-pump mocha, no whip. Okay, so <laughs> I had to order it for him so many times. For Starbucks, if you need to, sponsor. <laughs> Latino Sulaj. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're ready for you. But yeah, that podcast, the podcast has, re- and it's connected me to so many people. Yeah. Which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. You've been on it and just like, um, and I love interviewing, I love interviewing artists, but also like just having conversations with like regular people. One of the last episodes we did we were talking to Bavalito's sisters and mm. it was just so fun just to just to you know talk about whatever like i said before like we do touch on serious topics but sometimes we're just shooting the shit and yeah. that's fine yeah you know that's no, yeah. cool yeah i mean i think yeah and it's my hope that i guess through this podcast um that i see these podcasts as a way to also just continually talk about things right kind of like yeah. how you're talking about like we all get on our, in our own heads um, and I guess one of the things I do miss about grad school and one of the things that I really enjoy about residencies is meeting other people yeah. and talking pe- talking to people and trying maybe the same idea or variants of the same idea out loud over and over again to see just how things sounds you know uh, you know that thing check your privilege check yourself right and like seeing does it even make sense in this context mm-hmm. you know and uh, and then you know especially dealing with you know race and identity like those things are so complicated that sometimes you need to be able to verbalize it just in order for yourself to make sense of it totally you know yeah and I, I like something that recently happened this year to me is like I was checked on my white privilege because I never thought about it Mm-hmm. I never thought of my because I'm a Latino with light skin, right, right. But I never thought of myself as that because yeah. I don't know why. I think because my family, like my Guatemalan family, a lot of them are dark. So mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, you just I don't know. I'm an adult, like I can see pictures, like I don't know. So finally, um, one day somebody asked me, like, "Are you so? Are you Latino?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Of course, look at me." And they're I like, know. "You don't." you look like you could you could be like you could be a Jewish guy you could be <laughs> Filipino you could you know like yeah. I'm like oh yeah. shit yeah. I could pass as white and that's something that you I never you should 23 and me oh god oh my gosh I should huh I just found out my gran- great grandfather was Filipino oh, which I, is super interesting how'd you find that out my grandma told me <laughs> <laughs> she's been holding out on you this entire well, because, time well because my um my family, my Guatemalan side, it's like a matriarchy, so they take their, they take the mother's last name. Mm. So we've we've, it's Rivera. Rivera mm-hmm. is their last name. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I never thought about it, but then um, I've, I, oh, because my grandmother lost her social security card, so I had to take her to get it renewed. Okay, and they asked what my grand, what my mother my grandmother's 
father's name was. Right. And she said his name was Jose Aquino. Hmm. I was like, Aquino? Like, I thought it was Japanese when I heard it. Right, you know? right. And then she's like, no, your grandpa, your, my father was Filipino. Uh. Like, you never were going to tell me that? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so many lost histories. Speaking of, uh-huh. I'm like, I could talk forever, so sorry. You can cut me off anytime. No worries. So something that I'm very conscious of is the erasure of Central American culture in, the America, in America and the United States. Right. And how, like... Salvadorians uh, or Salvadorans, I don't know how to say it. Um, uh, it's a, and uh, like Hondurans, Nicaraguans, Guatemalans, mm-hmm. like a lot of times they're just ignored. Right. And it, the, the automatic Latino is Mexican. The, the here, default is, is Mexican yeah. in the Southwest. I right. mean, if you're in New York, Puerto Rican, Dominican, you know, right, Car- right, right. more Caribbean, right. of course, Florida, Cubans. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my God, Cubans! Don't get me <laughs> don't get me started on them. But um, just kidding, I love them. Um, so <laughs> the oh, I, I'm consciously gonna going to get back to to my roots. I think my Guatemalan roots because I, I've noticed that ever since I started my art career, maybe like ten years ago, right. I've actually distanced myself from my Guatemalan family, mm. like unconsciously. Um, because and, and I've formed a really strong bond with the Mexican side of my family, so mm. it's like I switched. Right, right. Because I was raised Guatemalan, and then once I started making work about my identity, like I just started getting curated into mm. all these Mexican American shows. Wow. And I totally have lost touch with that side of my family, um, to the point where it's kind of awkward. Like when I go to family gatherings and stuff. Because I don't have a Guatemalan accent anymore when I speak Spanish, mm. I have a Mexican accent, and then, right. and I'm just like not around them as much. Mm. Um, and I do blame Babalito for that, 100. Uh, percent no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, I blame myself because it's like I, I, you know, I've gone to Mexico and done artist residencies. Right. Uh, I've gone to Mexico several. I used to go like every year. Yeah. So, I mean, the last time I went to Guatemala was like in the 80s when I was mm-hmm. like four or whatever. Mm. So um, I'm definitely taking a trip to Guatemala. I'm not going to force it, but I'm just like going to pay more attention right. to to that part of my identity from now on. Right. Because I do think it's a problem of uh, in, in the United States where really a, a lot of uh, like especially Salvadorans, they're like demonized and there's a lot of hate uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I would be interested to ask you about what? like Asia and like I'm sure like different parts of China. Like Chinese people hate each other. Oh, all, oh yeah, all the time. Right? Asians are pretty racist. Yeah, Chinese. Oh, you people. guys are the worst. Yeah, we are the worst. So, <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh my god. So uh, yeah. So it's like and Guata- colorism, right? Yeah. So like Guatemalans, like they, there's like always like a little like rivalry between. Guatemala and El Salvador and I'm like we, we gotta join together guys like uh-huh. Mexico hates us right, you know what right. I mean so right. I mean, and every, I'm not saying every Mexican but you know yeah. most and everyone does that right yeah. like it just happens I think right now at least it just happens that we're both in the US yeah right and so the dominant power are white people yeah so they just clump you know like they clump all of Asia together they clump all of Latinx together or Hispanics together right right uh, right. But like you said, like it's it's way more complicated, and they people just think like Mexicans are 
Latinx or are Hispanic and yeah. like Asian, most of the time Asians are Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Yeah. But you've got all of South Asia, Southeast Asia, um, and there's all these different communities. There's Vietnamese, Philippines. There's all these different um, races that are just forgotten because they're not either the dominant ones or the ones that are the most vocal. Right. You know? Totally. Totally. So, it, yeah, it gets complicated very quickly. Damn. So what is like, what is like a common, well, I know that colorism is a big thing. I know that because yeah, like, of my, like cur- God, my, like, my I've, Korean I've, I've never seen so many Chinese people wear so much clothing on a yeah. hot, so hot, on a, like the hottest day just so they don't get sunburned. I love those, la- those ladies though that at, at the beach. At they the, have the, the <laughs> giant bonnets and then they wear gloves. Oh my God. And then have like full on like. Jogging tracks. Have, have you seen the Chinese that. people at the beach with like face masks? Oh no! Like so, they only you only Why see the eyes and the mouth. It's expo- <laughs> they look like they look like they're gonna rob a bank, <gasps> and then it's just so that they can keep their. Have you, know, you done really work skins. about that? Not yet. Oh no. my god, that is like that's rich with inspiration <laughs> right there. And then oh I think Ali Wong talked about it. You know, Ali yeah, Wong. You know, course. you know, and how like the um, you know Chinese, Japanese, and Koreans often refer to the Southeast Asians as dirty Asians because they're dark skin. <sighs> Yeah, right? totally. You know, and that's that's totally colorism, and that's like, you know, racism happening uh, based on the skin of your color, but it's still, you know, Oriental, right? We all of Asia has been classified as Oriental. Damn, which is like weird, right? Everything to the east of Europe is Oriental. Every, you know. Yeah. And I'm like right now I'm doing a piece where I'm looking at like an Asian art museum in San Francisco, and you know it's 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 interesting to see I'm sure the history of the museums changed since then but like they still have artworks and artifacts from the Middle East mm. right and we don't think about the Middle East as Asian but because of that choice you know that they're living in the history of orientalism which yeah. classifies the Middle East as Asian and so there's a similar sort of categorization happening there yeah it's so complicated, but I mean, that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're talking about it. But sometimes it's nice to be in a category, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like cozy in there. It's easy. Yeah. I wish it's I could, easy. I wish I could just be white sometimes. <gasps> no. Cause, cause then, cause then I'd be, Life color, would that, be such then, a I'd be, breeze. then I'd be colorblind. Oh my God. Right? I hate that. Like I don't see color. I know. I'm like, are you fucking blind then bitch? What do you mean? You don't see color. Oh I don't know. God, that's the worst. If you're white and you're listening to this and you <laughs> say that, stop saying that. Yeah, stop that's, saying you're not racist. Stop oh, saying that you're colorblind. Yeah. See color. Again, oh. it all boils down back to discussions and talking and treating each person like another human being. Yeah. I think. Totally. Well, thanks so much for uh, talking with me, Justin. You're where can welcome. Where can people find you? Oh, okay. Um, I'm on the internet. You can see me. You can see my work at justinfavela.com. Mm-hmm. My podcast is Latinos Who Lunch. So we're at Latinos Who Lunch on all social media platforms and at latinoswholunch.com. Um, my personal Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff is at Favi Fav, F A V Y F A V. Favi's like a nickname. Mm-hmm. Uh, that people started calling me in high school because mm-hmm. of my last name, and mm-hmm. then it became like the thing, a character. Yeah. Like I don't know, it's been an evolution. But yeah. some people call me Favi. Yeah. Some people call me Justin. Yeah. Um, it's fine. You can call me whatever you want. Just 
Just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> I was like, don't call me. I was like, oh, you could say anything. I could say, I was like going to say something. an infinite list of things to yeah. not call Justin. <laughs> yeah, well, Bobby Fav is, is uh, what I am online. And yeah, that's where you can find me. All right. Thank you so much, Justin. And Thank Fabi you. Fav. Yeah. Thank right. you. Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Ziyuan Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website, www.seeingcolorpod.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, under the handle Seeing Color Pod. If you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and provides greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.